Lunch time. They say football has no off-season, and that's the case for the Brisbane Football Review again. Welcome to Season 3 with James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Guys, how did you enjoy your two weeks of an off-season? Oh, look, it's uh, plenty of football, especially local football, and we're sort of here at the um, pointy end of the FA Cup, so... Look, it's, it's actually been pretty busy, business as usual. Scott, how are you enjoying it this afternoon at Corporate Travel Management Stadium? It's great here, actually. It's really good here in the media box. But yeah, there is no lost season in football, James. You know that. Absolutely not. We're gearing up for the World Cup as well. But first, we've got an FFA Cup Round 7 Brisbane Zone qualifier between Brisbane City and Olympic FC to watch this afternoon. So we've got a couple of segments coming to you recorded before the game, and then we'll have segment three afterwards to recap what we hope is going to be a very good game of football. But before that, obviously, we are the Brisbane arm of the Daily Football Show yeah. fan network, yeah. so we need to start off with a little bit of Raw news, I think. Okay. Why not? Why not? Okay. <laughs> you sound so enthusiastic, yeah. Apple. Yeah. They it's, did have an off-season. This apparently. is our pre-season, all right? Yeah, that's right. We're gearing up. Uh, so some of the begins since we last spoke to you were Tobias Mickelson and Stefan Mork, and I'm actually quite happy with those two signings. Uh, look, um, Stefan Mork, that was one that sort of popped up on the radar, sort of almost out of nowhere, but now especially after he was released from his loan stint at Melbourne City and it seems that his Dutch club has sold him to the Raw. So I think, you know, we're interested to see what the terms are around that, a four-year deal. So um, obviously a long-term investment for the club. As far as uh, Tobias Mickelson goes, um, look, he's Danish international. I'm a little concerned about some of the comments that were made about, you know, sort of family and whatnot. And it's just a little bit of a red flag about whether or not, you know, he's fully you know, committed, especially if things go wrong, you know. Yeah, well, I feel like Mickelson's going to be just a straight replacement for what Fahid Ben Kalfala was yep. last year, Scott. Yeah, probably more that left-hand side role, maybe right-hand side Bojack's, which is over. But he'll be, a, I think, it's a good signing, one which was flagged quite a while ago. And he's a very experienced and international. As for Mork, as well. I think Mork's a really good addition to the midfield. It just didn't have enough legs last year in the yeah. middle of the park. I think Stefan Mork can bring that. And you know, you've got four starting caliber midfielders for three spots there, which is. Fantastic. It is excellent. And I suppose the big thing that also really jumps out about Stefan Mork is he, a very, very unofficial survey, but every time I watch him, he seemed to pop up with a goal. <laughs> Especially against the Raw. So. Yeah, that, we remember so, that one in the final. pointed out to us at Lions Stadium last night, also against Peninsula. Yeah, he scored that goal and then um, got substituted after yes. being collected by, was it Reesby? Yes. Yeah. So overall, well, there's still two more spaces available for the Raw to fill in their squad. So... What sort of additions are you looking for, Adam? Look, I think it may be another centre-back. Um, I'm not sure whether they should go you know, diving into sort of the um, visa market for it, but um, I think it's sort of a big concern of the durability of, say, De Vere and um, Papadopoulos. Yeah. So maybe, maybe there, and most, I guess, a utility player. Um, yeah. But the, the, I guess the benefit is having 21 out of 23 A-League yeah. squad spots filled at this time of year, is that I guess there's plenty of time. They're not not trying to scramble to put yeah. a side together. Yeah. It does seem like they've got a good, yeah. like their starting eleven is pretty much set, and now they just need to fill out those depth positions yeah. that, in the years that they were successful, were so valuable yeah. for them. Yeah, well, if you look at the front third players who've left have now been replaced, the midfield players have been replaced. I think 
to Adam's point, a centre back might be an option. Oh, I also think a left back is still required with Franich moving on, yes. along with a couple of Corey Brown. You still need another fullback option, but I think you mentioned the utility. I think Pepper is that utility, and that's kind of why if you're going to play wherever you're going to play Pepper, I think a left back and then either someone who can play central midfield or central defence. Because I think the one midfield position they haven't really got cover for is that holding role. Mm. If Christensen goes down, I'm not sure there's anyone. Unless, it, unless Pepper is that player well, who's going the, to be the, the holding midfielder. The official raw sort of update was that Pepper has been yeah. named as a midfielder, so I think that might be where he's in mind is, um, as that mm. sort of replacement uh, midfielder. Yeah. But obviously we know he can play also play centre-back. And look, I think we found the you know perfect role for Jacob Pepper in this raw squad is as that next cab off the rank for the yeah. defensive midfielder centre-back yeah. role. And he was so good at centre-back yeah. last year, though, so if you wanted to continue with that, and make him a centre-back and then go for another holding midfielder. Well, it kind of depends think, on what's available as well, because yeah. you're looking for squad players here. I do kind of feel like the next signing in that area of the park will probably tell what yeah. they think of Jacob yeah. Pepper. Is he a defender, yeah. or is he going to be a central midfielder if, once again? Yeah. If there's room for one more key signing in the budget, I'd say a left-back. Just yeah. because you want an option in case Conroy Tool does have that second-year situation that some young players have had. Yes, because also one of the players that has been confirmed as a departure is Ivan Franich. He's off to join Tony Popovich's rebuilding uh, effort in Perth. Yeah, look, it's um interesting signing, but um, look, we wish him well. Um, I guess at the end of the day, um, the, the, so the rumour was that he turned down the Raw's offer. Obviously, he got bit more, better money at Perth. You know, good on him. I think I wish him well. I'm not sure if it's better money or if it's a more guaranteed starting yeah. time because obviously right back with Jack Ingett here, Left back is no guarantee he'll displace Conor O'Toole. So it might be a case of more guaranteed playing time, but it's a big loss for the Raw just because a player that versatile, he played right back, left back, right wing. He's played centre midfield in the past, centre back in the past. That's the sort of versatility you want in a player off the bench. And he does seem like one of those, I suppose, culture guys as well. Yeah. I, I hate that buzzword, but he's the guy that you know, he always seems to be you know, one of the more popular players in the squad. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, as I've been open with it before. He has been one of my favourite Raw players yeah. throughout his career. So it is going to be a shame to see him go. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be weird seeing him in Perth Colours especially. But, um, well, no, weirder than seeing him it, in Melbourne City yeah, Colours. Uh, that's true. But, it, could uh, it could be Melbourne Victory yeah. Colours, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, he didn't follow that uh, well-worn path. Mm. Although I did actually notice on Corey Brown's Instagram, he had a leaving Brisbane dinner. So I wonder where he could be off to. Huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? We'll have to find that one out. Anyway, uh, some of the other confirmed departures. Mitch Oxborough is off to Broadmeadow Magic. Ma- and Massimo Macarone is signed for Seri Seaside Karase. Yep. Close yeah. enough. Yep. And Fahid Ben Kalfala, uh, his retirement was apparently only applicable to the A-League. He's joined NPL Victoria 2 side, Nanawading City. Yes, and they kept it very, very quiet because nobody knew he was even in the squad until that game kicked off. <laughs> Fair enough. So they kept that signing well underneath the radar. That's right. So, not every Raw player has been going along with the off-season, though. Yep. We have also seen Daningham on international duty with the All-Whites. Yep. He's only played 45 minutes in three games, however, though. He was, uh, yeah, played for a half in their loss to Kenya, yep. and was an unused sub, sub against Chinese Taipei in India. Yep. So, it and seems they, like a bit of an experimental missed sport. out on making the final based on goal difference to Kenya, so he might have played in the final if they got there, but they didn't, so... Yeah, well, from what you were saying before we started recording, it is very much a young, yep. yeah. experimental side. It's, um, like I said, the tournament's just, uh, you know, would even just be There's barely, not... if it'd be a friendly tourn- yeah. tournament best. And look, at the end of the day, if, um, if they're all whites are looking at other players, you know, looking at a bit of depth, yeah. it's probably the right time for them to sit out. And you've got to remember, with New Zealand, they don't have any games that really 
account for two years till the Oceania Nations Cup in 2020. So this is the time for them to play young players. And I'm pretty sure they played the young boy Kakache who broke through at Wellington last year. So. so we're just clarifying, New Zealand did not make the World Cup then? No, they did not. No. Oh, They're in good company though. <laughs> yeah, they could go off on that uh, tournament in the US. Yeah. All right, uh, the W League side have got some players that are still making news as well. You've got Claire Polkinghorne heading to Houston Dash for the 2018 yep. season. It's joining uh, Celeste Barrier and Hayley Rasso at Portland, Carson Pickett in Orlando, Katrina Gorey in Utah, while Tamika Butt uh, and Mackenzie Arnold are off in Norway. Just just, just to clarify, uh, Claire Polkhorn's going to Houston Dash. Yes. And Is that what I said? Um, well, someone, some, some of our more picky listeners might suggest that you're saying that she went to Portland Thorns. But yes. Never mind me. Yeah, no, no, I think Hayley Razzo is just overcoming an injury as well, which she yeah. sustained on well, international duty. Well, look, it all makes sense yeah. in my head, okay? okay. That's yeah. all that matters. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the Socceroos, they're gearing up for the World Cup, and we should also take this time to plug our live show at the Pig & Whistle Riverside next Saturday yeah, night, nice. 6.30. Yeah. Getting close now. Yeah, Looking forward to it. No Looking swearing, good. Scott. Yeah. Live show. No. Only one person swears on our show. Yeah, but I don't think we're getting Angela back. <laughs> 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 By the way, hi Angela, hope you're recovering yeah. from your <laughs> surgery. <so. laughs> um, they have had two friendlies in the last week, a 4-0 win over Czech Republic, uh, Matthew Leckie, Andrew Naboo and an own goal, and that was an excellent performance. Uh, look, the second half definitely was um, was a very, very good performance. Um, I think it's one actually heightened expectations as far as, you know, if it's sort of any malaise about the Socceroos and their chances. I think it was heightened expectations. It was Czech Republic, mind you. They playing playing for nothing, and when that first goal went in, that they fell in a heap pretty much. But yeah. They were playing for the holders, what they were playing for. Hmm. They were offering nothing, particularly late in the second half. They were... Yeah. They checked out, but it was a good performance from the Socceroos. But it, they did still need to create yeah. the chances yeah. and convert them. Now, look, you know, I'm not going to say Australia should be a dollar one to win the World Cup now, but dollar <laughs> one—that's a bit long. It's long. That's a bit long. <laughs> but look, it's still encouraging to see them make that progress. And then this morning, Adam drew the short straw of sitting through the oh, Hungary yeah. game. Oh, yeah. So tell us about that, Adam. Look, I think uh, first of all, Hungary were a lot better than what and advertised, um, especially. After they, like Belarus must be a pretty decent um, team at the moment because like Hungary were especially up front were really causing problems. Um, their right right winger especially gave um, Josh Risden a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, look, overall the game we really sort of only picked up you know when Daniel Azani came on. He scored um, he scored the opening goal with the assist to the keeper, the substitute keeper. <laughs> then a pair of own goals. Uh, so yeah, but look from from a performance point of view, um, they went with unchanged side, which means I think it's where Bert Van Marwijk's sort of aiming towards. I think it's the eleven that started last is more than likely going to be more or less what could could stay in Kazan. Well, you and, can join us yeah. on Facebook Live at six thirty Saturday, June sixteenth, yeah. and might have a couple more things coming mm. up soon as well. So keep an eye on our social accounts and whatnot. Um, yeah, we'll, get, we'll worry about the World Cup stuff in that show. Yep. We're going to move on to expansion. 15 confirmed oh, bidders nationwide as the FFA deadline came in. Our host today, Brisbane City, are one of the confirmed bidders. Is look for confirmation from the city drafts. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the Queensland bids, you've got Brisbane City, Gold Coast United and Western Pride. Strikers actually dropped out. And we saw some photos come up from their uh, proposed stadium, which, look, from a picture perspective, looked excellent. Yeah, but I think also, to be honest, I think it was pure fantasy. Like, I think it's a, I sort of question whether even Brisbane City Council knew about that, where the where strikers were planning to build on their land. Because, look, at the end of the day, um, a lot of it was, you know, it was uh, a lot of ambitious and whatnot, and you can't fault them for that. But I think they realised, um, 
yeah, it's probably not worth it for the moment. I applaud the ambition. It would have been good to see him stay in the race just for extra competition for other bids in Queensland. Yeah. But Whether it's now yeah. or, you know, in the next stage of expansion, we I think we're all very keen to see some sort of local rivalry form yeah. up in Brisbane. Yeah. Oh, look, absolutely. I think um, I think any, I'd be happy with any of the three remaining Queensland bids. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, in, in this... In this state, and we've said, we've said on previous shows that at the end of the day, there, there are Brisbane Royal fans, and they're fans that are disenfranchised yeah. with it. And you know, I think what it needs is a, it needs that sort of push, and I think a rival club is um, what we need. Absolutely, and make a we, strong case for all three as well. By the way, oh yeah, absolutely. Old Coast, the former rivalry, then one derby with them. Western Pride have got a really good catchment area out there in Brisbane City. You could argue a second team in the city of Brisbane would work as well. Look, so. there is, a, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about. We do have until I think October or something yep. to go through all of these bids. So, and we've got a huge back catalogue where we've talked about expansion ad nauseum. So, <laughs> I think we'll spare everyone going over the old ground. Last bit of news to uh, cover though: FFA is set to approve loans for clubs for players under the age of 23. So. Well, they were a month ago. Yeah. yeah. So still waiting. Still happening or not, but... Well, I think everyone's focus is on that uh, tournament in Russia starting Thursday night so at the moment. I know they can't concentrate on two things at once. Oh, of course they not. They can't, no. Hey, we've seen me try to multitask, <laughs> so I don't know how. <laughs> All right, that's going to be for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. Uh- You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review, uh, Season 3 premiere. It's James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network, ahead of the NPL leaders Olympic FC taking on Brisbane City at Corporate Travel Management Stadium. I think I got all the plugs right for that. Sounded good. Close enough. All right, so I believe since it is Season 3, it's my turn to do all the uh, Brisbane Football Review plugs. <laughs> yep, it is. Yes, so. <laughs> all right, so you can get in, contact us, get in contact with us, Facebook, the Raw Review, Twitter, at Raw Review, uh, email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. You're obviously listening to the podcast on Wooshka or iTunes, and we're, yeah, part of Daily Football Show Fan Network. While they're off on their Russian adventure, so... Well, we miss out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Adrian, Joel, etc. I hope you guys are having a good time over in Russia, and it's still probably colder there than it is in Brisbane. <laughs> All right, so uh, segment two, we thought we'd update what's been going on with NPL lately. As I said, Olympic are sitting on top of the table with 12 wins, two losses, and two draws. They're just ahead of Western Pride FC, who miss, might be missing a striker who's uh, at pre-season training down at Logan. Yes, they are, but they also have a game in hand, so... They do, too. Uh, you got Morton Bay and Lions rounding out the two final spots. Brisbane Strikers and Brisbane City are up next. Gold Coast United are right up there with Brisbane yeah. City. We've got Cairns, Raw Youth, Southwest Queensland, Mackay and Whit Sundays, Magpies, Crusaders, United. I really need to stop reading that full name. <laughs> season three now, that was a season two thing. Yeah. Okay. So, so. <laughs> Vince is in Vegas. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's enjoying the uh, Jeff Horn fight today. And then you've got uh, yeah, Redlands, North Queensland, United and Sunshine Coast FC. I'm not doing that joke, Scott. Okay. That's a season two joke as well. Yes. So uh, we've had a couple of coaching changes come out since our last yeah. show. We've got Strikers and Pride have been making couple of shifts yep. at the top. Yep, Strikers have made a change to their coach after four straight defeats in all competitions. I think he's just stepped aside. I think it was kind of reluctant. David would like to take the job initially, so he's stepped aside for the interim coach for the rest of the season, and I forget the other one. Oh, the other one, um, Graham, Graham Harvey, Graham has Harvey, taken yes. up an opportunity at professional club overseas, and it's well-deserved. So he's technically stepping yeah. up for a promotion, yeah. not anything it's else. It's well-deserved what he's achieved out there at Western Pride the last couple of years, bringing through some really, really good young players, so... 
One of the things that has precipitated the change at Strikers is four games without a win or yeah. a goal to their name in all competitions. So, what's going on? It's, um, look, it's dire straits at the moment. Look, and look, it's, I guess it's like they were in form and um, seeing fifth because the last four games they have been, and we've seen a couple of them yeah. live, and look, yeah. they, are, they are in a hole. Yeah. Um, and look, this is, like, on paper, they've probably got one of the best, well, they've got the best midfield in the league, I'd, I'd almost say. But um, yeah, it's no goals. Um, last yeah, four games, it's yeah, I, I lost to explain it really. Um, it's yeah, it's all four. Missing part. Michael Angus in middle of midfield really hurt them against Peninsula Power in the cup because Strickland just ran a, ran a field day through there. But I do think they're in a bit of trouble actually because they are what five points outside the top four currently, yep. and they've got and Lions who are ahead of them have one extra game in hand on them so. I think they're in a bit of trouble in terms of making the top four. So. I'd almost go far as say that the, the, the top four, yeah. it almost is all over. I think that it's the only... No, it isn't. Now. We need these games to mean something <laughs> yeah. for the next couple of months. There's many games the other end of the table. It's fine. I don't have to... But look, the race will be within that top four about who finishes where, who gets home field. You know, that's probably the thing. But yeah, the gap already might be, you know, be... Far enough apart, we can almost say that you know those top four teams can think about finals football. Yeah, absolutely. The other end of the table though is really, really interesting mm. with the relegation zone. There's a couple of clubs down there who are starting to pick up some points in the last couple of weeks. I think Thunder and Magpies have had back-to-back wins, which have moved them clear. Redlands had a good win away to Gold Jeez, Coast. They, they need the gap that is starting to open up a little bit to North Queensland and Sunshine Coast. It, yeah, I think Sunshine Coast can already uh, start making FQPL plans, <laughs> but their goals again seem to have uh, tailed off a little bit. So, they might make FFA Cup plans by the time people listen to this too, by the way. Yeah, that's actually true. Well, we'll, co- we'll cover that in season yeah, in segment we'll three. But, yeah, I think uh, Sunshine Coast, yeah, 75 goals against in 16 games. So that's better than what it was at one point. Yes. No, they have improved a bit the last yeah. few weeks, to be fair, under their new coach, but they're still struggling. I really should go see my parents one weekend and yes. in that same time is pick watch a game up on the yes. Sunshine Coast. You should pick a game to go and watch. Yes, I think, I, I think I'm drawing the straw for that one. Yeah, that's you. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, go down to FQPL. Pen Power is still undefeated, and despite what happened last night, they're looking like they're going to be ready for NPL next season. Coron- Coronation Day is looming for them, I think. And with with, with a lot of teams, you know, second through about six, taking you know points off each other, yeah. I think it's um it's a matter of when. And just quietly, I think Logan are one lost in ten, so that signifies why they're. In right second, they're moving well. clear in second. Well, Big win over Roadstar recently as well. There is a very good sort of contest going on for that uh, pr- yep. second spot. You've got Logan, Roadstar, Eastern yep. Suburbs, and even Sunshine Coast Wanderers are all yep. still, you would say, in touching distance yep. of that. They well, are, but Logan is in really good form at the moment. I think they've, yeah. they're the favourites for the second spot. Form is fickle. It is, that's true. Yeah, you know, you never know what's going on there. So is Arsenal's defence, by the way. Yeah, can we not go Premier League no. just now? Can you, Arsenal jokes continue over to season three. Sorry, can you just give me a month like, no. to enjoy the World nope. Cup? And <laughs> nope. <laughs> talk about a midfielder you're linked to if you like. Yeah, I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I've missed you guys really. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then we're going to also touch on NPLW with Souths United clear at the top yep. with Lions uh, five points behind. Lions do also have a game in hand, however. And the... The top four for that is set in yep. stone, basically. There's, yes. So they're the best four teams they, by a considerable margin. They're almost... It's a, it's a separate league, those those four yep. four sides and um, in the uh, women's MPL. Just, uh, they're, they're miles ahead of the rest yeah. of the field. And those finals will be around about the same weekend as well anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I've still got a few weeks to go, yeah. obviously. So get out and see your local club, because I've got to be honest, I love coming to these games. <laughs> all right, so look, I think that's actually pretty much all we've yeah. got for segment two. Yeah. We're still in pre-season form. You know, we don't want to go too far and uh, pull a hamstring or something oh. or strain my vocal cords. We'll take a bit of a break. Uh, I think kickoff's about half an hour away here. We'll come back and recap all the uh, final four teams for yep. Queensland and the FFA Cup. So we're going to go enjoy the game. We'll talk to you later. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And after about a three-hour intermission, we are back for the Brisbane Football Review Season 3 premiere. It's James Scott and Adam here at Corporate Travel Management Stadium after what was an absolutely classic FFA Cup qualifier. Adam, have you caught your breath? Ah, barely. (laughs) This was epic, I think, to say the least. Yeah, Scott, sum it up in one word. Epic sums it up. It really was. I mean, it's actually been a great afternoon slash evening cup action, which we'll get to. Yeah, we will get to in a second. That was just a little bit of a teaser. We're going to go through the four uh, Queensland qualifiers this weekend in, I suppose, roughly chronological order. And we will start off at Lions FC last night, where the three of us were. Well, you two were there for the whole game. I might have left early because there was a rugby match I wanted to get to. You saw the key parts. It's fine. Yes. And Lions absolutely stomped their way into the round of 32 with a convincing 6-0 win over Penn Power. Sean Carlos got a hat-trick. Jason, I really should have... McQuasse. with a brace, thank you. And a Mitch Hall cracker. Lions just top to bottom, front to back, overall impressive. They just dominated the game. They were very, very impressive. But I actually thought it was a very similar game to their round six clash against Rochester, which will sound ridiculous given the difference in the scores. It's just on last night, or Saturday night, depending on when you're listening to this, Lions took their chances, and they were absolutely ruthless. They weren't clinical in round six. Last night, they were absolutely clinical. And just, there were a couple of really good goals in there. Mitch Hawes' first goal to open the scoring was absolutely unbelievable. But there were a couple of a couple more scrappy ones where just the ball dropped to them in the box. What really stood out for me was just the way that Lions you know, took, took control of the game after about 10 minutes, and then just power had no chance. I, th- I think that was the, the tale of tape was... Uh, uh, Mitch Hall's goal basically was almost the first goal that set the tone. Because after that, we and we, we we mentioned it obviously in their round six clash um, where Pen Power beat Strikers, Brisbane Strikers, and it was the dominance in the midfield which got them the win. Yeah. There was none of that last night, and that's where the Lions just basically just just were, were too strong. Yeah, Thomas Strickland was absolutely unbelievable for Peninsula in round six against the Strikers in midfield. He just could not get yeah. into the game last night. They just were crowded out in there. Well, what really stood out for me was, yeah, okay, you say power were crowded out in midfield. I say power were almost non-existent in midfield because once they were down two, it was basically like they were playing a 5-0-5 and Lions basically had the run of the middle of the park. They were disjointed, you're right. I think, I think we were sort of talking about in the media area earlier today about, I think, a case of they could probably get away with that sort of trying to storm through through attacking in the low, in the lower division that they're playing in and to get out of trouble. But I just think with Lions, they just... Too strong, too good, and that's and in the end, it just sort of it got out of hand as far as the scoring went. And look, we'll just touch on Penn Power quickly. Like, yeah, you saw a gap in class between the two sides, but I feel like they weren't anywhere near as bad as that six-nil score line might indicate. No, I, no. I agree. I agree. Well, it was like I said, it wasn't your typical six-nil, you know, where Power wiped off off the face of the off the pitch. They they. Were decent times, you know. A couple of good saves of Luke Boring, you know, may have, sa- yeah. may have sort of you know compound that, but um, but yeah. 
And Tom Strickland did hit the crossbar just before half time, and it was only 2 0. And if that goes in, it's a completely different game. Yeah, well. They had their chances as well. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, but yeah. They you did got... have their chances in the game. Yeah. Like they were completely outplayed. Power, yeah, Power certainly are a better side than 6 0, and I will be very interested to see how they go next year when they do get into the NPL. And, all, and, and also, as well, that was uh, Pam Power's first loss for the season, and their 19 straight games unbeaten was actually a national record currently throughout Australian football. So that went up in flames last night. Absolutely. Now, after the game, you guys had the chance to talk to Sean Carlos, so we're going to listen to that interview now. I'm back there with Sean Carlos. Congratulations on your win. Thanks, mate. It was a well-fought game. You know, we you know, just worked our asses up. Worked real, really hard, you know, and, uh, yeah, got the result we wanted. And your own performance in all three goals must be absolutely delighted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely delighted. That's the first hat-trick I've actually had in my uh, full senior career. So, you know, to do it at a time like this is just perfect and I can't say anything, anything more than that. Looking ahead to the round 32, you must be looking forward to competing on the national stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always a good experience. We've done it once before, back in 2015. You know, our Lions went through the round of 16. We played an A-League side, you know, and uh, to get that chance again to play whoever around the country, you know, top 32 teams in, uh, in Australia, it's going to be a great experience again. Have played first at home in 2015. Do you play on an A League team or you prefer someone else? I'd take uh, you know take on anyone really. You know A League or NPL. You know going to be a good side if you get to travel. You know it's always a good experience getting getting down to a different area we don't know and you know giving it all you can. No worries. Thanks, for that, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for that. And thanks for covering that interview for me, guys. I was well on my way to Suncorp Stadium for the Wallabies Island by that point. No problem, James. Happy to do it any time. <laughs> All right, so then, up in... Uh, Cairns. North Cairns? I was going to say North Queensland. <laughs> yeah, so up up in Cairns, the absolutely bat-crap crazy results started <laughs> off. We thought, you know, Mackay with Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC were going to be fairly comfortable when they were up 3-0 early on. And then not so much. Yes, well, it was 3-0 when full-time happened at Lions Stadium and we went off to do the interviews with Sean Carlos. We looked at our phone, it was 3-2. And by the time we got back up to the sports part, it was 3 all. And they got three goals in six minutes, which is actually very similar to what Cairns did. I think it was around five when they played a local team up there in Cairns. They were down 2-0 and down to nine men with two minutes to play and they managed to equalise and then ran away with it an extra time. So they've got form with doing this, Cairns. It's... Yeah, Unbelievable. Click on a notification saying uh, so-and-so liked a post. Click the score. How was that 5-3? <laughs> yeah, five, five goals in 14 minutes it was. And, yeah, like, unfortunately, yeah, like I said, it, we, it's one of those things with Kansas. They just seem yeah. seem to always find a way. Up yeah. for the cup. Yep. They, they certainly are. They're the only yeah. team who've qualified for all five editions of the cup as a member federation club. So yeah. congratulations to them. It's a yeah. fantastic effort. And they deserve plenty of credit yeah. for that. And there's still so much more yeah. to look forward to. And we're going to move on to the Sunday games now. We'll start off with the one that just wrapped up uh, down south. Up north. Up north. It was on the Sunshine Coast. Well, yeah, we were a little bit focused on what was going on just yeah. uh, in front of us tonight. But it was Gold Coast night with a remarkable late show a couple yes. of times. So, firstly, it was 1-0 one one for Gold Coast Knights, and then Sunshine Coast equalised in the last minute of... In the 93rd minute, I beg your pardon, of normal time, take it to extra time. Then they scored a penalty right at the end of the first half of that before Gold Coast Knights scored in the 119th and the 122nd minute. So... And- yeah, and we were one of those watching. Unbelievable cup ties. We were watching part of that from the uh, what appeared to be a drone yes. footage 
with a Facebook Live thing. So I think that I think that might actually be a first watching a game from above. Yeah, yeah look, um, we still don't know who scored. Um, fortunately, such a media so coverage wasn't great. I think they might be celebrating yeah. a little bit. Now, yeah. <laughs> I think so. But um, so we'll sort of catch up on all our socials as far as you know who scored what. But look, at the end of the day, um, they're the hardware Gold Coast tonight, so they they'll probably you know odds on favourites to events being you know that you know, the coach and the vast majority of players um, have FA Cup round of thirty six. In fact, all the way to the quarters last year. Yes. Yeah, they were expected a couple of really close ties this weekend in the FA Cup. That wasn't meant to be one of them. I think everyone had Gold Coast Knights winning that comfortably in it. Fair play to Sunshine Coast, who have not had the best season in the NPL. It sounds like they put up a really good effort tonight. Yeah, I think it's um, like we, we've, been, we've been pretty harsh on them yeah. you know, throughout the season, probably deservedly. Mostly Scott. Yeah, I'll, I'll take but, that. Look, <laughs> look I, I sort of feel from that, that would be heartbreaking, you know, you know being 2-1 up with, you know, with, with the full time in sight and to drop two goals late. Um, yeah, look, he, he feels the you know, commiserations to him. But well done, Gold Coast Knights. No, no, they'll um, represent Queensland well, I think. So we're off down the Gold Coast then, uh, maybe? Hopefully. We'll have to see, wait and see. They're at um, Carrara, actually. That's not too, not that's too, not too bad of a drop. The, just the Gold Coast Stadium, the AFL Stadium. Metricon, that's it. That's the one. All right, so now we're going to get on to the game that we just watched in Ooh. front of us. That was... Yep. Oh, Ooh, boy. If you were watching it on the Football Queensland live stream, you were given a real treat this afternoon. I cannot think of anything better that would have been on TV it today. Like he may or may not have seen the penalties, though. Well, we... <laughs> no, may that, may not still have. saw it. Yeah. Uh, they did manage to get the uh, streams fixed up for that. But, oh, my God, it was Olympic... Uh, 2-2 after extra time and winning the penalty shootout 4-1. Yes. And that was honestly one of the best games of football I've watched this year. It might not have been... The, well, it was just so entertaining. It's probably the best cup tie I think I've seen. In Queensland, while well, we've been watching the FFA Cup the last four years, I think it's, this has been the best one. Absolutely. Either, not just qualifying, I'm talking about the TV rounds as well. This was brilliant. We'll, we'll talk to, to um, Rafe Griffin, the commentator, just after the game. And I actually brought up with him that... Um, one of the memorable FA Cup ties was that um, Palm Beach Sharks versus Broad Beach United, where it went 12 yeah. 11 um, on penalties. That that was to then, that was the high mark. I reckon this one obviously would beat it. I mean, this, yeah. this was just a pulsating game. And look, the penalties didn't go the way that you know, Brisbane City would like, but at the end of the day, um, look, it was a great game. I think everyone that left here, no matter who they were supporting, they would have left them going on happy. I think the stakes for this game tonight. Would um, supplant the Palm mm. Beach Broad Beach game, which yeah. I think was pretty early in qualifying. But yeah. this was an unbelievable game to watch. Just there's so many, you've got four pages yeah. of notes to go to. It's <laughs> unbelievable the stuff that happened. Yeah, we'll get to those in a second. But just overall, I was watching this. I would have been happy either yeah. way with whoever won. So I was bouncing around the back of the media <laughs> box, just going. Just waiting yeah. for you know the next interesting thing to happen. So Full disclosure: you weren't the only one jumping around the back of the mm. media box. Yes, but I was one of the few. Uh, that didn't have a specific rooting interest. <laughs> I wasn't in a club polo. But, oh, look, it was a remarkable, remarkable game here at Corporate Travel Management Stadium. I think that's, what, four mentions now? Yep, yep. Doing well. All right, so we'll go through the game. I'll work with the notes. And yep. it seemed like there was a little bit of a repeat of that NPL game that we were here for a couple of months yep. ago where Olympic were really trying to use their wingers to get in behind the... City fullbacks and Jez Lofthouse was a key focal point for that early on. Yeah, they really targeted the the high defensive line of Brisbane City, and it worked an absolute trip, particularly for the first goal, which 
Clancy came out and it was a really good finish. I think it was Nasri with the first goal, right? Nasri did Nasri get the first, the first goal. Really, really good finish over the top. On of, 34 minutes. Yeah, over the top of the goalkeeper. Really good finish and exploiting what was Brisbane City's tactic of a high defensive line. And what wasn't the first time they got in behind it. It was just the one that came off for them. Just on Nasri, man of the match for me, he was absolutely phenomenal yeah. from the it's, first minute. Just one quick thing also, I'd, I do think wonder if the Olympic had done some scouting on Tuesday night because Clancy came off his line twice against Logan Lightning and managed to get away with it tonight in that instance not so much. Yeah, so it was a well taken finish and clearly something that they had been working on. It was actually a very interesting tactical battle too. I thought both sides actually came out with a very interesting approach. Yeah, look, it's um, yeah, they um, it's, it's like uh, Olympic. Olympic were really, as, as we point out, they were, they were really sort of you know, attacking the wings, but also as well, you know, City were trying to sort of, they were trying to do the opposite. They were trying to go through the middle. Um, I'm not sure why that where they feed out. You know, but with like, I think I actually think that Olympic actually played with three at the back. Um, at but, times and, they did, yeah. Yeah, and like, so they were really um, targeting Christian Waters and trying to get that through ball, but it just it just wasn't happening for him. You know, for Sam Simichuara in the first half. Yeah, he was he was really marked out of the game. I mm. thought, which was a bit of a shame because he's one of those exciting players that you like to watch. But he just couldn't really assert it's himself the way he might have hoped. John Cosme has moved him into the centre. He's he's been known to be a winger for yeah. for a long time, but he's been playing at the point of the attack. And I just whether look you know, whether that sort of you know sort of downgrades his effectiveness against centre backs as big and strong as what Olympic were playing. Yeah. They were definitely mm. like, uh, was it Waters. I think he yeah, was Christian Christian Waters, yeah. yeah manhandling him for. Certain points of time, so I thought, yeah, Lofthouse was given like a real instruction to hug that left touch line and try and get in behind, and it did mean that I suppose Olympic were quite yeah. stretched across the middle. Uh, but it didn't matter when they went up two 0 It was a goal from Alex Smith, who you'll hear yeah. uh, from a little bit later. But it was a phenomenally calm yeah. finish from him. So once again, they caught City out with the through ball mm-hmm. and the high defensive line. Except there was a little bit of a difference this time. So the bo- they were trying to play the ball out to Lofthouse, and they missed the pass. And then I think it was Tristan Hugo, the right back, yep. went out to cover Lofthouse as yep. you know any smart defender would. But that did open up a little bit of space for Smith to run through. Got onto the end of the ball and then yeah managed to round the keeper and finish quite calmly. That was actually probably the key battle of the night. Was that on on this left hand touch side, you know, between um, Jez Lofthouse and Tristan Hugo? That was you know a lot of the play came down that side and. You know, in this, so at the end, you almost call it you know, a draw almost. Because yeah, I was going to say it was, yeah. it was a genuine Loft, treat to watch. Lofthouse certainly had his moments in the game and could have <laughs> scored two goals of his own, but I thought Hugo did deal with him reasonably yeah. well. And with Smith's goal, I thought it was a really composed finish. Yeah. Really, it, really composed to go around, to comfortably go around um, Clancy and, and finish to the open net. We saw a couple of other players could have done with that composure later on. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Yeah, so... Th- one thing I noticed just before halftime, so City attackers, like, they were getting the ball up there, but once once City did get the ball in the attacking third, they were struggling to, I suppose, you know, do anything with it. Yeah. They were turning it over very quickly, which was leaving them open to those long balls on the counter. I thought they were quite sluggish in the first half, actually, Brisbane City. They didn't really seem to... They had a bit of possession and territory, but they didn't seem to create too much for me in the front third, which is probably why they made a couple of changes mm. early well, they did in the go second into, half. They did go into the sheds down 2-0 at halftime, and... I don't know what John Cosmina said. I'm <laughs> guessing it probably wasn't broadcastable. But whatever he said and the halftime sub he made, James Meyer coming on uh, Sibatara, yep. absolutely made a huge difference. Yeah, James Meyer had a massive impact in the game. So did the Fechner brothers when they came on later in the game because the three of them were absolutely brilliant and they combined to change the game for Brisbane City. Because I think from the second half onwards, into extra time, I thought Brisbane City controlled the majority of the game and had 
the better chances. But yeah. it, it did. It did require a spark. Like as, yeah. as much as as Meyer was changing the game, like it, was, it was only when when Owen Thomas scored yeah. from what seemed to be sort of uh, it's just yeah. sort of a flat spot in yeah. play, and that just sparked up. It sparked up the crowd. It sparked up the game. And I think from about that sixty second minute on, yeah. it was just a battle. Was well, about ten minutes into him, really wasn't it? As well ten minutes before Thomas. that, there was a bit yeah. of a dust up, though. Mm. There was a bit of a dust up, to start that, and I think that also yeah. probably woke them up a little yeah. bit as well. So I think that was again James Meyer making a challenge on one of the. Well, no. The I, no, because it was between uh, Preston Hugo and oh, Nazareth. Oh, it was Myers' tackle that sparked that whole thing. Though. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was going off in the background, though. Cause no, when Myers' I saw it was... tackle. Myers okay. made a tackle on, I think, the yeah. right back for Olympic. and No, the left back for Olympic, and then there was a all hell broke loose in the middle between okay. a whole bunch I, of players. Yeah, because I saw uh, Hugo and Nazareth yeah. sort of tugging at each other's yeah. shirt off the ball about five metres away, and that seemed like it really got things going. The cross into Thomas, though, did, didn't seem to be much in it. Just dropped to him almost yeah. on the penalty spot. Couldn't well, miss. It was... well, I was trying to write down what happened. I was just kind of like, well, loose ball in box, yeah. smashed home. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously the uh, City fans then really started to feel like yeah. they were working their way back in. So, yeah, it was, you know, it was good. It really livened the game up. And Olympic, though, they still really pushed for that third yeah. goal to try and make it safe. And, you know, you can argue back and forth about whether or not that's the right approach. I love it personally because... Yeah, Kill the game off, step on the throat and whatnot. Uh, it was a it was a fiery game, and Jordan Cosmina actually wound up getting sent off yeah. and wound up moving two you metres. You mentioned his halftime speech not being broadcast. Well, I don't reckon what he said to the referee would have been either, to be honest. Was it a problem? Yeah. Yeah, Nathan McDonald, he yeah. was soon said it, was, it wasn't like he thought about it. <laughs> so whatever, whatever um, Cosmina said to him, it was uh, worthy of a red yeah. card. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he argued it much either, did he? He just got straight up and went... went it's the other side of the fence a whole two metres away. Yeah, which I think is all he apparently had to go. Yeah. And I well, I that's all he did. He didn't go anywhere else. Said, well, technically, he left the playing arena. Yeah. yeah. I said, it's unfortunately not like Suncorp Stadium where you actually have to go down the tunnel. So. Or Old Trafford you know, where you have to climb up on the dugout. I was just going to mention it. reminded me of Wenger at Old Trafford when he climbed up on top of the dugout. Well, because I noticed they did try and get him to move and it was a case of knowing the rule book, oh, going, I don't have so to go or, anywhere. Or Jose yeah. hiding behind the yeah, that's that's Stanford Bridge. No, Jose jumping literally from one side of the fence to the other at Old Trafford as well. Doing the old Bobby Valentine yep. baseball manager thing, just showing up with the uh, fake moustache and glasses <laughs> routine. It works. Whatever works. Why not? Anyway, so, yeah, uh, City, there was a controversial moment with about two minutes to play in normal time. Uh, was it Kai Fechner uh, got booked for a dive? He yeah, was through on goal. Oh, was it Kai? It was one, it was one, of, the it was one of the Fechner I think, brothers. I think it might have been Alex, but he was Hang clean on. through. Again, this is what I'm talking about, composure. Alex Fechner, sorry, my mistake. Because yeah, Alex Smith, in a very similar position, took the ball around the goalkeeper and had the confidence he could finish from a narrow angle. Alex Fechner didn't seem to have that because he went to ground pretty easily. Yeah. It looked like he, he he kind of moved in and initiated the contact for me. But yeah, it, well, I it also noticed like, Fechner was coming in on a little bit of a wider angle as yeah. well. So, yeah, yeah it was... And yeah. we're just getting some breaking news now. <laughs> Ooh. Breaking news. Ooh. Okay, so... It's funny. We'll okay. do... So we just... So we might have to issue a bit of a correction yes, there. Yeah. Wow. Notice that there wasn't contact. See? Just said he initiated the contact. Yeah. <laughs> Which may not have been accurate either, but anyway. <laughs> so there we go. So it was a yellow card anyway, but it didn't matter in the end as... Well, City still wound up equalising in the 90-plus-somethingth minute. 94th, I think it was. It was a ball straight through, straight down the middle and a very calm finish under the keeper. Yes, it was Kai Fechner with the finish. That was Kai Fechner, yes. there we go. Really good finish as well from the edge of the box. And boy, did they enjoy that. Yeah. Just a little bit. Especially in front of the, the packed deck here at uh, 
Corporate Travel Management Stadium. That's that live. is one thing that definitely deserves a lot of mention. Like, that crowd tonight was great. Yeah. Like, mm. full stands pretty much, and yeah, they really got into and a it. a strong away contingent as well, not just City fans here. Which Absolutely. Yeah, so moving on to extra time then, I thought City had a few more legs going forward. Obviously, a little bit of adrenaline from that equaliser. Well, don't forget, Olympic just used their last substitution right on the halfway, right on full-time, basically, for an in, for a cramp, so... Yeah. yeah, so... All right, so I had a chance to... Sp- yeah. Yep, all good. We're recording in progress. <laughs> no, this is different than normally having a TV on in the background, so... <laughs> By the way, we should say hi to Simon Smell, our <laughs> gracious host, yep. and one-time podcast guest as well. Adam, when are you going away again? Uh, <laughs> not, not, not this year. All right. So back to extra time. Both teams had their chances, cleared off the goal line. Just Yeah, that was a mental 30 yeah. minutes. Oh, like the, the save that Nick Mooney made, that was that's almost... You don't want to cliche up too much, but that was, you know, almost... Out of, you know, unhuman-like that. It was just a great save. I actually That's... can't think of a better save I've seen at a game in person. That was yeah. an unbelievable reflex save. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out on the Football Queensland live stream. Yep. Because it was a brilliant save. Yep. Uh, James Meyer was doing the work in defence as well. There was a clearance with about five or so minutes to go. And, yeah, honestly, like, it was such a remarkable game. We're just still trying to process it all. <laughs> And Olympic actually wound up finishing the game with 10 players on the pitch because Ito wound up going off with what appeared to be a lower body injury. Yeah, it looked like cramped, didn't it? I mean, it's not surprising given the amount of effort the players put into this game that a number of players were cramping up, but it certainly seemed like he was the most affected by it. But there were a couple of other players out there struggling quite a bit towards the end. Yeah, you could see them really, I suppose. You, the effort of the exertion just really took its yeah. toll on them because it was such a draining game for all involved. It wasn't It wasn't like 120 minutes where, you know, a lot of it was slow played both teams trying to play for the, um, play for penalties. Like both teams had genuine sort of interest to try and you know, win it within the um, extra time period. So much so, I actually said, I think with about 10 minutes to go, I was expecting this to finish 3-3. Yeah, it, there were certainly enough chances in extra time for that to happen, just given what happened, but it was... Well, I think that's it was an astonishing 30 minutes. Loft, Jez Lofthouse had another great chance to score. Kai Fechner had a good chance to score. I think the, the chance you're talking about with um, some earlier, Nick, Nathan Mooney clearing, yeah. saving offline, it was an absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to run through the penalty shootout very quickly now because we've got a few... Uh, we've only got a few minutes left. Yep. We've actually had to move outside now because... <laughs> yeah, nice, nice and peaceful outside. out here, actually. Yeah, I could actually get used to this yeah. view. <laughs> We might have to. All right, so uh, run through it. Olympic uh, shot first, and it was Nazari who nailed it. It was easy penalty. Then it was Alex Fechner with the first penalty for City. Very good penalty for City. Sent the keeper the wrong way. Yep. Kuminau wound up hitting uh, Olympic second, and then it all kind of went pear-shaped for City there, where yep. James Meyer missed his high. Yep. yep. And then it was Waters with... Waters what? managed to capitalise for Olympic to yeah. score. It was very much a centre-back's penalty. Just yeah. pick a spot and hit it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, of course. And then uh, number 19, Kai Fechner, yep. had the next one, and he sent it over as well. Pretty similar to James Meyer, really, wasn't it? Two penalties over the crossbar. Giving Alex Smith the chance to hit the winning penalty. Yes. So I actually had a chance to speak to Alex Smith after the game, so thanks to Olympic for that, and you're going to hear that right now. Joining us now in the Brisbane Football Review is goal scorer tonight, Alex Smith. Alex, first of all, congratulations. Cheers, mate. It was uh, a bit tougher than we uh, thought it was going to be, but uh, I'm happy to get the job done. Yeah, so you're into the round of 32 now, but it was an absolutely mental game tonight. What was going through your head 
A uh, bit of everything, really. Uh, a bit of disbelief, how we um, let the two two goal lead slip, but it is what it is. And, and you know, all that matters at the end of the day in the cup is that you know we, we advance to the next round. So um, happy with that. Scored a very composed goal. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, just a simple finish around the keeper. Not not too many people do that these days. So um, it was nice to to uh, have a plan and, and obviously have it come off. Um, still sort of got some adrenaline running through me with that penalty at the end, but. Um, yeah, extremely happy, and uh, this is kind of why I came to the club, to be a part of games like this. So. And you're looking forward to the round of 32 now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I played up in Cairns, um, we had a couple of rounds of 32. I think we had a few chances to get an A-League team. Um, didn't happen, but, um, you know, it'd be perfect for the club, perfect for the players, and, um, you know, that's what the FA Cup is all about. So, uh, fingers crossed, we can uh, jag one. And you got the penalty as well. Did you volunteer to take that one? Um, kind of, sort of. Um, you know, uh, new signing, uh, you know, striker and all that. You know, you don't really have a choice. So uh, I'm not a big fan of pens, but um, it came off. So uh, really happy with that. So how are you settling into Olympic? Yeah, really good. It's a, it's a good club. Uh, got a great bunch of boys, great coach. Um, it's exactly what, a, what an older sort of 32, 33-year-old player needs. Um, driving from uh, Sunny Coast for training, uh, Twice a week is, is, is not ideal, but um, you know that's how much uh, that's how much faith I uh, I have in the club and what we're trying to do, and, and um, yeah, so it's it's been really good so far. No one's giving you a hard time, no left backs or anything. <laughs> I was just saying to Shane, I actually haven't been yelled at on the pitch for uh, for a few years now, so it's 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 actually quite refreshing, um, you know, for for someone older than me to, to do the yelling. So um, you know, it's it's that's what it is. A lot of these young. A lot of these younger guys uh, at a lot of the clubs, they don't they don't know how it used to be, and, and you know if, if you yell at them, they think they're you know you're having a go at them. But um, it's just passion. That's all it is. And after the game, you know, we sit next to each other and you know have a beer and have a laugh, and, and that's it. So. And turning your attention back to the NPL season, what are you looking forward to over the next month or so? Uh, we got Morton Bay next weekend, which is a big game. Um, obviously, we just played them in the FA Cup, so um, I think they're sitting around third or fourth. So it's a, it's another big game for us. Um, every game from now on in is a, is a is a crucial game. You know, we got to win we got to win them all, and um, uh, just you know put our best whatever uh, week to week, and then uh, we'll chuck some uh, cup games in there every now and then. Beautiful. All right, well, thanks very much for your time. Best of luck in the round of 32. Cheers, man. Appreciate it. So for a new signing, he seemed like he really enjoyed himself tonight. <laughs> yeah, he's certainly enjoying his time a little bit. That's four goals in two cup ties, so and, he's certainly becoming yeah. a bit of a cup specialist perhaps for them. And credit where it's due, that was a phenomenal finish from him. All right, so we're going to wrap up this episode now with a bit of a discussion. We've got, we know the four Queensland teams that will be joining the Brisbane Raw in the round of 32, and, and joining the Raw in the round of 32, and I'm actually thinking... You know, there's a lot to be excited about going forward. I think uh, overall for Queensland, I think we've got... Um, I think we've got... If you include the Raw, who I think in the past been accused of treating the Cup as a pre-season. Now, here, the fact that they're back in training, pre-season training already now suggests that they that they are going to try and give us a red-hot crack. But a lot with a lot of all this... With a lot of, um, I guess, the mystery of the round of 32, it's all going to come down to the draw. Yeah. yeah. And I think, first things first, we're hoping we get pretty similar luck yeah. with the draw than what we got last year Absolutely. where the, I think all the Queensland teams were at home bar one I think um, Kansas City were away they were in yeah. Sydney so all southeast Queensland yeah. teams were at home and that made for a very fun couple of weeks it is yeah, it so, is also if you look at the look at the um, teams who have qualified Olympic at top of the MPL here Lions are comfortably in the top four Kansas City are the highest placed team on from the re- northern regional clubs on the table and Gold Coast Knights might be a Gold Coast Premier League team, but they're essentially the old Gold Coast City 
from last year. Which did make the quarterfinals. And they're an MPL club in waiting as well. So it's four really, really strong competitors who I think could absolutely cause cause some damage in the draw once again this year. So if you're an NPL side, the big question becomes, aside from wanting a home tie, do you want to play against an A-League team? I think getting through to the last 16 is the priority for all these clubs. So you probably ideally want a, a home tie against a member federation club, but... If you do make the last 16 a home tie against an A-League club, it could be highly profitable for you. So, it, I, don't, I don't think any club will complain no matter who they get, but Look, the ideal it, scenario would be a home tie against another state league club. I guess it comes down to ambition. You know, is, is the, the glamour tie against potentially the A-League club worth more than than advancing the competition? And look, we've, we've sort of known in a way. You know, you look, you look at Redlands a couple of years ago. Um, uh, I think it was, who was it? Who was the last year that knocked over the Central Coast? Um, Black Blacktown. Blacktown City, yep. Yeah, like so those clubs. I think they obviously went and thought, okay, we can we can win this. But um, look, it all depends on the on the individual club whether they yeah. where they covet you know advancement in the tournament, which means that like they want a member federation club, or you know they actually be on TV and have that you know the, the prestige showdown against A League club. And from a statistical standpoint as well, I think all the upsets of A League clubs have come in the round of 32 yeah. as well. It so. also depends on what A League club you draw as well, because some A League clubs will be treating it as a pre season hit out. Some A League clubs will be going for it, looking to pick up some for, silverware for in example, November. For so. example, I don't think any member federation club will want to draw the raw because they know they're going to be ready. They're actually be a little bit more ready than, say, for example, a Central Coast Mariners or a Perth at the quiet. moment still trying to assemble a squad. Just quietly, I think Sydney Sydney FC would be a huge draw card because yeah. they're the defending A League premiers, and they're going to have a huge overhaul this off season with Steve Corica get taken over. Cup holders, yeah, as yeah. well. So. Well, that too, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's more relevant to this competition than being A-League Premiers. Absolutely. Now, Adam, the draw. Yep, draw is going to be on Tuesday night, the 26th of June, um, at 7pm on Fox Sports News, I would assume, at this stage. Yes, in, that will be in the build-up to Australia versus Peru. So yes. That is Peru, right? I keep getting Denmark yep. and Peru mixed yep. up. A big night for Australian football in many ways. Yeah. We really hope. Yep. And we might have a bit more information about live shows coming up in the... Next 12 or so hours, so you just have to wait and see. Not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, just stay tuned to our socials. Now, before we go, I will run through those one more time. So it's Facebook, The Raw Review, Twitter, at Raw Review. Uh, you're listening to this podcast, obviously, on Wooshka and iTunes. Our contact email is brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. So send us a message through one of those channels. If you have any questions, feel free to leave us a podcast rating. We're still in preseason form, obviously. Yeah. So, thank you, for everyone, for listening to this. Scott Adams, good to be yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, my fitness is you. gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thankfully, I'm still talking. Yeah. Now, remember, Saturday, June 16th, 6.30pm, on our Facebook page, will be our first live show in the build-up to the Socceroos playing France. We hope that, well, quite frankly, if anything's going to go wrong, it's going to be with our show, and the Socceroos <laughs> just absolutely stun everyone. Is that right? Hopefully. All right. Thanks, guys, for that. And thank you to Brisbane City for hosting us here at Corporate Travel Management Stadium. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.